Like many of you, we battled depression during life's ups and downs. Music has always been the one thing that we could rely on to get us through the tough times that we all face. Follow us on our journey as we discuss the healing power of music, interview bands, break down genres, review band biographies, and more. This is the When Words Fail Music Speaks Podcast with Blake Mosley and James Cox. Brosley. Hey, man. What's going on, man? Dancing. And dancing. Just dance. Um, I love the I love the new intro song that you got uh, that you've played for uh, the past several episodes. That's a uh, it's funky, it's jazzy, it's fresh. Yeah, because um, well, that was from Doc Brass, and he has a, a fantastic Patreon that I that I subscribe to. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I I paid him to to make us an intro. I'm like, you and know what? Okay, so yeah, so um, because uh, I know you created our first ever intro i did with like a funk sound right garage band man cool. that's all it's all it took just garage band a free app on my phone i just messed around and came up with something and hey man uh, that's, that's but cool. now we're you know we're moving on up in the world so yeah. um you know we're getting people to make intro music for us and yeah. pretty sweet yeah. well we'll see i i, I told them that that, that that i was a fan of like jazz music jazz yeah. and like 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 ragtime feel and, yeah, and he just slayed it, you know, to the yeah, pitch of great job. Oh yeah, yeah. Where I'm, where I'm, I'm, I, I don't think we're gonna get an, a, another theme song in like, like until like a couple of years or something, you know. Yeah, I, so, I think it's, I think it's great. Yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's right. That's right. It's always heard. So, what have you been doing up to this week, this weekend? Yeah, because it's uh, been a while since I talked to you. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's so saw so, um. We're going to talk about it in a minute, but I saw Black Widow Friday um, with my wife, Allie, and uh, my sister-in-law, Christine, and um, it was wonderful. I was glad to be, that's my first time back in a movie theater uh, since the last, all right, so the last movie I think we saw in theaters was Spider-Man Far From Home. Okay. Uh, And that was in 2019, like like maybe over the summer, I can't remember when that that came out, but yeah. so it's been a while since I've been to the movie theater. You know, that was the last Marvel movie that came out. We've been enjoying the shows. I was very happy to get back into the movie theater and see another Marvel movie. Um, and I thought they did a great job. I really liked it. Um, so won't spoil anything. If you're a fan of Black Widow, I think you'll enjoy it. Heard some stuff about the whole Taskmaster thing. Whatever. I'm not going to spoil it. I thought it was cool. thought it was great. Um, and a, a nice bookend uh, for... Um, for the character. So, yeah. Nice. So, yeah. Oh, okay. So something, something I will ask you, um, that's not going to spoil anything. So yeah. this is starting off a new, like Marvel series of movies, right? I mean, it's not, yeah, so it's, it, okay. Yeah. okay. This is kicking off. Well, I guess technically, I guess technically WandaVision was kicking off phase four. Four. Um, yes. Phase right, four. Okay. So, uh, yeah, WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki. Last episode of Loki comes out uh, at the time of this recording. It comes out tomorrow. Right. Uh, but uh, and then Black Widow has been the first movie, and as as many people know, it's been delayed uh, for over a year. It was supposed to come out over a year ago. Right. Um, I think and, it, I think uh, it was coming out at the end of twenty nineteen. Right. Uh, it was it was set for 2020, but I think it was like either March or April of 2020 is when it was supposed to come out. So okay, yeah. right whenever COVID was really ramping up, um, they pushed it back, pushed it back, pushed it back, delayed it over a year. Mm. Finally released um, 
in theaters on Disney Plus with the premiere access thing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I thought it was great. I thought it was well worth the wait. I was not disappointed. Um, a great uh, post credit scene. Those of you who want to wait around for the post credit scenes, there's one. And uh, it's great. I think it does a great job of kind of setting up what's coming next. So nice. Yeah, I thought it was great. The intro sequence was amazing, and that's why I'm excited to talk about this subject today because uh, one of the songs that we're talking about for our cover wars was featured in the opening title sequence yes, of yes. Black Widow movie, and it was so awesome. Like, just very fitting for the, you know, you think about the theming of the of the movie and the lyrics of the song. It's just, oh, man, it perfectly blended together just so well. And, uh, yeah, I think it's great. I, I can't wait to get into that. Nice, nice. What did you do this well, weekend? I, I had a fantastic, uh, fantastic day Friday or something because I went to a Scratch and Span, our, our my local breaker store, and I think you've been there too, right, or something. I haven't been there. I followed okay. them on Instagram, and and I, you know, I was listening back to the uh, Damn It Cover Wars yeah. episode we did, and we talked about having them on the show, and I I want to reach out to them and see if anybody from Scratch and Spin wants to come on to talk about vinyl. I think it'd be really fun. Yeah, because they have a lot of vinyl and, and everything, and I love it. Speaking yeah. of vinyl, um. So, okay, so who is your second favorite lead singer from Black Sabbath? Hmm. Because there's, like, Ronnie James Dio. Okay, perfect, perfect answer. Okay, so so my first Dio record is Mm -hmm. the Mob Rules right here. I got it right here. So that's my ultimate favorite album of his because that's the first ever time I heard Dio in Black Sabbath. Right. Although I did pick up... R.I.P. Right, yes, that's very much so. Although I do love having the Hell record, this mm-hmm. is the the album that brought me in the in the uh, Dio era, you know. Yeah, and I just love it. I I I I got the, he had two albums, you know, the Mob Rules right here. Yeah, and he and he had Heaven and Hell, and I've been looking for a copy of Heaven and Hell for so long, but it's the remastered version, and I don't care about remastered versions. I'm like, yeah. Some of those, those hardcore vinyl people care about. Listen, it's like here's my thoughts on remastered albums. So yeah. I think remasters are cool for like if you're streaming something like Spotify. Absolutely. Yeah. Give me the remaster one all the time. I want it to sound great. Um, if it's something like vinyl, I don't think that really matters that much because part of the appeal for me, at least for a vinyl is the sound quality that you get. And there's some there's some bands I just feel like are made for releasing music on on vinyl, right? And uh, like the Wonder yeah, Years, I, you know? Yeah, like the Wonder Years, uh, Gaslight Anthem. I think they I think all their albums sound perfect yeah. on vinyl. Yeah, right. Yeah, because me, it's like I don't really care if it's if it's remastered on vinyl because it's it's the same music that you have had before. I I yeah. understand the the um the lore of getting the original copy. But that's mm-hmm. like 300, 400 bucks sometimes. You know, it's like, yeah, good I, luck. I, yeah. I, yeah. Good luck. <laughs> and good luck finding it because it's like limited to 500 yeah. copies, 600 copies. And there's like, like, like close to like a billion people around the world. And you're like, how am I yeah. going to, you know, get that album, you know? So with me, it's just all about Little music. Or something. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah. To access that. So, right. So, if you don't like your body, your body organs, then I mean, by all means, do what you want, and you can sell a kidney or two uh, to be able to get the remap, the uh, original, the remastered version. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and uh, but I mean, whatever you're into, man, whatever you're into, right? So, 
with me, uh, I don't care if it's remastered or, you know, the original version, music and music to yeah. me, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it will still, still speak to me just the same. It doesn't matter, you know? Right. So, yeah. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know who I think sounds wonderful on vinyl? Who is that? Nirvana. Nirvana, dude. Yeah, Nirvana is my all-time favorite band. I wish that I had besides, besides wait wait wait, wait besides the Dead Deads. Besides the Dead Deads, did you see they're coming to the Senate? I did, and with Candlebox. Yes, Candlebox. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so. Yeah, I told um, Allie about that day. I was like, dude, uh, Dead Deads are coming. You gotta come, and, uh, dude. Candlebox. You gotta come with and, us. Uh, and, and, and Allie was like, Candlebox. I'm not sure if I'm familiar with them. And then I started playing um, the, the just the that, well, yeah. like yeah. guitar riff to, uh, oh, man, crap. What is the name of that song? And she was like, oh, that's Candlebox? And I said, yeah. So we're, we're going to we're gonna have to make that. that. That sounds like a lot of fun. Well, I'm going to be there. So you and I and Allie are going to have to do that, man. Oh, Go. and I just got the dead, my dead, dead name. <laughs> Oh, you did really? Have what was you yours? Got, mine's buddy, buddy dead, buddy dead, buddy I like dead. That. Yeah, man, I thought that was very fitting, you know. I don't think I've gotten mine yet, no? but um, no. you know, maybe one day, maybe sometime soon, because uh, because Daisy, uh, which is the uh, the the basis of the dead that we um, I get it. So okay, yeah, uh, uh we interviewed her last week. Yep. Or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, Great interview. Yeah, I really enjoyed talking she's to her. Amazing. She's amazing. She's amazing. Um, yeah, she said, she said, I knew that we were coming to Columbia, but I didn't want to want to jinx it. And you know, <laughs> like, okay, yeah. So, um, yeah, so she can't wait to meet us. And then we're like, yeah, okay, well, I'm gonna, well, I'm going to try my best to, you know, buy the ticket, you know. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. We'll have to try to make that. Yeah, definitely do. Definitely do. So, but today it's all about Nirvana, dude. Just like you said, I mean, they they mean a lot to me. I know they mean a lot to you. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. So uh, why don't we tell people about the song "Smells Like Teen Spirit"? All right. So yeah. probably a lot of stuff that you people already knew if you've been a fan of uh, rock music in general. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with "Smells Like Teen Spirit," but um, "Smells Like Teen Spirit" mm-hmm. is a song by American rock band Nirvana. Uh, it is the opening track and lead single from the band's second album, Nevermind, which was released in 1991, uh, released on DGC Records. The unexpected success of the song propelled Nirvana, excuse me, propelled Nevermind to the top of several album charts at the start of 1992, uh, an event often marked as the point when grunge entered the mainstream. Okay, let me stop you right there. I don't stop know. Me. Okay, okay, so, uh, okay, so the, the, uh, uh the information you got this might be might be wrong. I'm not sure, but I mm, think that be. this is their third album because Insisticide mm. was unless unless it was like a EP or something, right? It's not, th- it's not like a full they, album, right? I think they I think they do count Insisticide as a EP. Okay, um, so this I, is I Bleach. So, yeah, right. So this is the second album. I believe that Bleach was what they considered to be their first. Full album release, right? And then Incesticide was a EP, I believe. And then this, okay. And never mind. Yeah, perfect. I think that's how it works. There's a song on. We'll, we'll get to that, but there's yeah. a, there's a song on. Never mind. That was featured on Incesticide. That was 
like a redo for Nevermind. Right. And, uh, so yeah, it's, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit was Nirvana's biggest hit in most countries, charting high on uh, music industry charts uh, around the world in 1991 and 1992, including topping the charts in Belgium, France, New Zealand, and in Spain. Uh, the hmm. song garnered widespread critical acclaim, including topping the Village Voice uh, Paz and Jop. <laughs> okay. I don't know if that, it, maybe that's what it was really called, but I'd, I'd assume that was maybe jazz and pop. Maybe it's just a typo, but maybe it's really hmm. called Paz and Jop. I don't know. Uh, critics poll. Uh, it was the 90s. I mean, it could have been anything. The song <laughs> was dubbed an anthem for apathetic kids of Generation X, but Nirvana grew uncomfortable with the attention it brought them. In the years since Kurt Cobain's death, uh, listeners and critics have continued to praise Smells Like Teen Spirit as one of the greatest songs of all time. And I, Blake yeah. Mosley, would say that they are not wrong. No. It is definitely one of the greatest songs of all time. Yeah. Um, the music video for the song is based on the concept of a school concert, which ends in chaos and riot. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Uh, inspired by Jonathan Kaplan's 1979 film Over the Edge and the Ramones film Rock and Roll High School. Uh, yeah, how about that? Yeah. Um, it won two MTV Video Music Awards and was in heavy rotation on music television. In uh, subsequent years, Amy Finnerty, uh, formerly of uh, MTV's programming department, claimed the video, quote, changed the entire look of MTV uh, by giving the channel a whole new generation to sell to. In 2000, the Guinness World Records named Smells Like Teen Spirit the most played video on MTV Europe. Mm. Uh, Smells wow. Like Teen Spirit was included in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's list of the songs that shaped rock and roll. In 2001, the Recording Industry Association of America uh, ranked the song at number 80 on their Songs of the Century list. Wow. Uh, in 2002, NME ranked the song the number two on its list of 100 greatest singles of all time, uh, while Kerrang! ranked it at number one on its list of the 100 greatest singles of all time. In 2004, Rolling Stone ranked Smells Like Teen Spirit ninth on its list of the 500 greatest songs of all time. Uh, and then in 2017, it was uh, finally inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame. And again, rightfully so. The song was monstrous, still uh, continues to be monstrous to this day. I mean, you think about it. Think about all the kids that learn how to play guitar for the first time. And what is one of the first songs that they teach you how to play on guitar? It smells like, it smells like you, spirit, right? <laughs> so you, yeah. you get Smoke on the Water, uh, Iron Man uh, by Black Sabbath, and you get Smells Like Teen Spirit. That's just like the three songs you learn how to play. Right. Um, and I think that says a lot because that's putting them in a category with people like Deep Purple and Black Sabbath. Mm. And uh, and I, I, I don't know. I think it's just a, a, if I was if I was Kurt Cobain, if I was Dave Grohl, if I was Chris Novoselic, I would be enthralled to learn that I was in that category. Huge honor. And, and I would be like over the moon and then some, you know, it's like, and then some. yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm, cause the beat uh, like, okay. So you're, so you, you just read that, uh, 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 ninth in the list of 500 greatest songs of all time. Ninth place, man. That's incredible. That's something to, yeah. Of all the lists that come out, that they come out with. And I mean, they're, you know, they're, these lists are probably based on uh, number one opinions, number two yeah. uh, track um, like charts and uh, the, and how it did on the charts and things yeah. like that. And money made from singles. I'm sure there there's all types of like criteria that goes into determining these lists. But if you look at all of them, smells like teen spirit 
no matter if it's top 500, top 200, top whatever, smells like Teen Spirit is in the like top five every single time. Right. That's a huge, huge deal for rock music. I know. Not only rock music, a subgenre of rock music like grunge, which was very, very like short period of time um, in the 90s that that grunge was really popular before you got into post grunge type of things. But still like and, and they're right. This this song brought grunge to the mainstream. They weren't this pretty band from Los Angeles, man. I mean, like these were like ugly uh, teenage kids uh, from Seattle right. that um, are blowing up the music charts. And it was the death of hair metal mm. and grunge took over and it changed MTV. It changed, it changed the world. Yeah. So much. So this is, uh, uh, I, you remember the band air supply, right? Of course. Uh, um, they're, they're, I I think they did the interview with him and he said, yeah, when uh, Nevada came out, our careers were done. There was they knew it was can, over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do. Everybody was like, yeah. done. Yep. <laughs> yeah. On other glory days. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> last year, right? The glory days. Yep. Last year. And I don't know about you, dude, but man, in high school, I wore nothing but flannel, dude. It was all flannel, pants, flannel, shirt. You know, because he had bands yep. like like uh, Nirvana, of course, and Pearl Jam, and yep. and, and Soundgarden, and and it was yep. the, like like the flannel, mm-hmm. uh, the flannel century, and things like you know, every, yeah. everybody I knew wore, wore wore flannel sometimes, you know. Yeah, so, uh, uh, that, just, it, it was it was popular everywhere you went. Right. Yeah. In fact, you know, there was a so my first band I was ever in. Um, you know, I played with a, a an old friend of mine. His name is uh, Corey. Corey, if you're listening to the show, I think he does listen. Uh, thanks for checking the show out. Um, I'm sure you'll remember us playing Nirvana songs when we were in high school. Uh, in fact, I think like the first time that me and Corey like reconnected after you know years and years and years, um, I had a friend over at my house and he was hanging out, and uh, I had a phone book. This is before cell phones, so I had a phone book with my friends' names in it. Uh, and, uh, he was going through that to like call girls or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he came across this name, Corey Jones. And he was like, I know a Corey Jones. And we started, we started talking and, uh, he was like, yeah, this is the same guy. Like I, I, you know, I skateboarded with this guy and I was like, Oh really? I went to kindergarten with him. That's cool. And, um, you know, we, we were friends when we were little kind of grew up together and then just, you know, he moved away. We lost contact, whatever. Mm -hmm. Turns out he moved back to town. And I didn't know it. So we reconnected through this mutual friend. And I found out that Corey started playing guitar. He found out I started playing drums. He was really into Nirvana. And in fact, the first, like, he wanted us, he was like, Blake, can you play Smells Like Teen Spirit? And I said, yeah, I can play it. And he's like, okay, play it on the drums. This is through a phone now. This is through a telephone, a landline. <laughs> he said, um, play it. Uh, can you play it on the drums? <clears throat> and uh, I'll just play along to it uh, at home. So I have no idea how it sounded, but I was playing drums over the phone and he just played along on top of it. It's the weirdest thing, but this was the, <laughs> this was like the first Nirvana song, I guess, technically that we ever played together. Yeah, nice. Nice. Yeah. So let's learn about the writing about the song. So singer and guitarist Kurt Cobain uh, began writing it a few weeks before recording their second album. Second one. Uh, never mind. In I'll look that up while you're while you're talking about that. I'll I'll look that up to confirm. Perfect, perfect. 
Uh, he said it was an attempt to write a short a song in the style of the Pixies. Pixies is a great band. Great a, band, a yeah. band that he admired. Right. So he says, "Quote: I was trying to write the ultimate pop song. I was basically trying to rip off the Pixies, and I have to admit it. Uh, w- when I heard Pixies for the first time, I connected with that band so heavily that I should have been in that band." Or at least Pixie's cover band. Mm. Uh, we we use their their sense of dynamics being soft and quiet, and then loud and hard. Yep. So when Kurt Cobain presented the song to his bandmates, uh, it compromised the, just the main guitar riffs uh, and the chorus vocal melody. Cobain said that the riff was cliched, similar to a riff by Bossman. Or the Richard Berry song, Louie Louie. Nothing wrong with that either, because no, Boston Louis, is great, and uh, Louie Louie is a great song as well. And man, and that song, that song's been covered by Motorhead, too. So Really? Yeah. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Cool. It's an amazing cover song. Yeah. I can uh, hear I can, I can can hear Lemmy sing that, and oh yeah. I, I think I'd, I would enjoy it. Yeah, it's more like a raunchy kind of song. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean it's Motorhead. Motorhead style. Yeah. You know, they're, they got raunchy lyrics, and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, dude. You did it. Yeah. Nailed um, it. I'm, I got a pretty good Lemmy impersonation. So nailed it. So uh, bassist Novoselic uh, dismissed his uh, his rid- ridiculous response. Obtained uh, made the band play the uh, Cobain not not obtained. Um, <laughs> Cobain made <laughs> the band play it for an hour and a half. So eventually, Novoselic began playing it more slowly. Inspiring drummer Dave Dave Grohl to create the drum beat, uh, which drew from disco artists like the Gap Band, Ooh. Um, which I I don't think I've ever heard that band before. I, uh, I, yeah, I, I might have, but I don't know. Probably have and didn't know that's who it was. Yeah, there were band. Yeah. Um, so as a result, it only got it's it is only the song on Nevermind to credit the, all three members as writers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the title derives from the the phrase, the phrase written on Cobain's wall by his friend Kathleen Hanna, singer of the Right Girl band. I don't know. G R R R L is how that was spelled. Yeah, yeah. right. I, I guess it's girl. But yeah, <laughs> band Bikini Kill. Uh, yeah, Kurt smells like Teen Spirit, which is weird to say to anybody. Yeah, because yeah. uh, how does Teen Spirit smell? Like deodorant. There you go. Deodorant. Right? Like fancy I guess, deodorant. I guess he was yeah. trying to say that he smelled bad. Like kills teenagers he, smell I horrible. said he smelled good. Who knows? It might have been, yeah. But, but, yeah. yeah, so who knows, you know. <laughs> um, here's what I meant. Uh, you're right, dude. It says Hannah meant that Cobain smelled like the deodorant and teen spirit. Ah, mm-hmm. I didn't know that teen spirit was a deodorant. Yeah, teen spirit is a deodorant. Mm-hmm. Or was. I don't think was teen it's yeah. around anymore. Yeah, this was in the like the early nineties, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, like Teen Spirit, um, did you deodorant, which she and Toby Vale, his then girlfriend, had discovered during a trip to the grocery store. Okay. Uh, Cobain said that he was unaware of the deodorant until months after the single was was released, and <laughs> and had interpreted. Uh, interpreted 
as a revolutionary slogan as they had been discussing arc archaism and, and punk rock. Yeah. The, Anarch- yeah. Anarchism was still was there still you like you know, uh um, you know, they're you think about like the punk punk scene in the seventies, right? Anarchy right. in the UK, uh, in the UK, for instance, by the Sex Pistols. Um, you know, it's been a big a big theme for them, and it was the the rise of the grunge movement, kind of getting back to that uh, that style and that uh, re- that mindset. Really, like it, you know, we're tired of how things are going right now. We're done with that. We want to rebel. We want to overthrow everything that we you know. Right, that we know and um, fight back. So uh, this real punk rock attitude, uh, it was it was just um, in a different form, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, it was slower. It was uh, a little bit heavier, but it you know, right. I would have I would have loved to. I mean, I was an infant when all this was going on, <laughs> so like you know, I would have loved to have been a you know a teenager during this time. Like oh, it yeah. would have, yeah. it would have been something, something special, man, to, to witness all this and to, um, have Kurt Cobain, like, you know, seeing him live would have been incredible. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. For me, you know, yeah. and, and I'm thankful that when we saw the Foo Fighters a few years ago, you know, Dave Grohl was in Nirvana and then, um, Pat, uh, what Pat, is Pat, Pat Smear. Yeah, like uh, he played um, guitar on the Unplugged. Yes. Uh, the Empress then, MTV Unplugged with Nirvana. He played Unplugged and he played the, uh, in, I think he played the, the whole entire In Utero album, correct? I think he did, yeah. yeah. I think he was credited on that album. Yeah. So, um, yeah. oh, by the way, I looked it up. Uh, Incesticide is actually what they consider a compilation album. Oh, okay. Um, nice. And uh, so, yeah, and it, and it was released after Nevermind, so... So yeah, it featured B sides and some um, demos and things like that. So, so but yes, they they are credited as only having three studio albums: Bleach, oh. Nevermind, and In Utero. So, so um, let me ask you this before we yeah. go on: uh, There's a song on Nevermind album called Polly. No, nope. Polly. Yeah, Polly. Yes. Okay, so yeah, Polly. so yeah. on the actual record, uh, Nevermind is the slower version. They released a a faster version on the Insistence Live. Yeah, Incesticide has more of it sounds more punk rock. It's a lot right. faster. Um, it's got actual like drums and and guitar and everything. But the Poly yeah. version uh, or the Nevermind version of Poly is, I uh, think, just acoustic, right? Uh, acoustic. Yeah, I yeah. think it's just Which Nevermind just um, or Kurt Cobain. Yeah. Um, and then like the occasional cymbal uh, <laughs> hit from four. Dave Grohl. There's it's, four cymbals. Two drums. Yeah, it's just like, and so, he's just like, I'm going to contribute to the song. <laughs> So there is a uh, there there's that song that played on rock rock, rock band, mm-hmm. and it's a dream come true to play to play the drums on that song. Yeah, it's just yeah. four symbols, man. That's a... yeah, that's it. Four of them, um, you know? Lips is also another great one yeah. on Insecticide. Molly's Lips is a great song. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the legacy of Smells Like Teen Spirit. Um, before we get into the covers, um, but. Dubbed as an anthem for apathetic kids of Generation X uh, in the years following Kirby, uh, Kurt Cobain's 1994 murder, murder, yeah, not suicide. Um, get with me later on that. Uh, Nirvana, Nirvana's breakup, uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit, has continued to garner critical acclaim uh, and is often listed as one of the greatest songs of all time, as we mentioned before. 
Um, we talked about how it was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's uh, song that shaped rock and roll in 1997. Uh, and then in, and in 2000, VH1 rated the song at number 41 on its 100 greatest rock songs. So mm. um, the Recording Industry of, Association of America Play Smells Like Teen Spirit at number 80 on their 2001 Songs of the Century list. Um, and then in 2002, NME awarded the song the number two spot on its list of 100 greatest singles of all time, uh, with Kerrang! Ranking it, ranking it at number one on its own list of 100 greatest song, singles of all time. So again, all these singles, and they're always like, Smells Like Teen Spirit is just up there at the top every single time. Yeah, still dominating the charts. But you know, like what I would consider to have made it as a musician is... If Weird Al came to me and said, I want to parody your song. Yeah. Uh, so, which is exactly what happened. Uh, Weird Al approached uh, uh, Kurt Cobain and said, uh, said that he wanted to cover it. So, <laughs> Smells Like Teen Spirit has inspired a, a, a bit of uh, 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 quite a few parodies. Uh, Weird Al Yankovic parodied the song in 1992 with Smells Like Nirvana, mm -hmm. uh, a song about Nirvana itself. Uh, Cobain quickly gave permission, but he did ask. It's not about food, is it? <laughs> right, yeah. Um, so uh, Weird Al answered, no. It's actually about how nobody can understand your lyrics. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which is true at the time. The parody, oh, yeah. Uh, upon hearing the parody, Cobain and his band members laughed hysterically. And I would, too. It really is a funny song. Yeah. Um, Yankovic had said, uh, has said that Cobain told him he realized that Nirvana had made it when he heard the parody. Just like I said. Okay, so, yeah, so... <laughs> Weird Al to musicians is like South Park to actors, you know. I mean, like, Absolutely. like, like if, if I was an actor and I made it onto South Park, yes, like, I would equip. I could die. I can die right yeah. now. I live a happy thought, you know. Say what you want about me. That's so funny that you even put me in the category that you would like to talk about me in some fashion. I or, think I think I would be flattered beyond belief. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Because yeah, because uh, yeah, because I mean. To have Weird Al like your like your song so much, right? If he wants to do a parody of it. Come on now, like yes, I'm yeah, yeah. It's like I made it from there, you know. Yeah. All, so. all right. So now here's the cover wars time. So everybody strap in, and it's time to get done the business. Time to get done the business. Yes. So <laughs> our first uh, artist of the day is Noah Gunderson, G U N D E R S O N. So yes, another another guy who I have not heard of yet. He's great. Um, so let's talk, let's talk about him for a minute. Yeah. Uh, so Noah Gunderson is an American indie folk singer, uh, songwriter from Seattle, Washington. Uh, appropriate. Yeah, he's yeah. from Seattle. I mean, because that's where the, the random voice came from, right? Right. So in 2008, a Gunderson produced his first EP, "Brand New World." Early in his career, he began to perform in Seattle, among others. Uh, Gunderson is said to be influenced by Ryan Adams, uh, Dashboard Confessional, great band, and Neil yeah. Young, another great band. Yeah, absolutely. Or, or, I don't know if it's as a band or just Neil Young, you know. So, either one. Either yeah, one works. Band, stuff, all of it's good. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, launching his career further into the mainstream, Gunderson's title song, Family, was hand-selected by producer Kurt Sutter for the hit FX TV show, Sons of the Anarchy. Yes, sir. That's where I first heard of Noah Gunderson was that one episode of 
uh, of Sons of Anarchy. And uh, I forgot what season it was, but I was like, man, the song is just so good. And uh, that's when I, I discovered Noah Gunderson. I, I started downloading every single song I could, I could find from him. Um, and uh, he's no stranger to uh, to television at all, as, oh. as we'll see in just a second. Yeah. So Sutter again looked at Gunderson and and the Fourth Rangers. To, They're great dude. To, to create an original song for the show in 2014, and the song "Day Is Gone," which later nominated uh, for an Emmy Award for original music and lyrics. The song "Family" also appeared on the Vampire Diaries on the CW um, channel. Uh, the track "David." was also used, later used in a 2015 episode of the Fox TV series, The Following. So, his cover of the Smells Like Teen Spirit can be heard on his 2014 EP, 20-something. Nice. Yep. So, alright, so I'm going to pull up the, uh, the video. And for our viewers on YouTube, um, you can go to youtube.com slash... When words fail, music speaks, and this um, video you can watch with us. If I can yeah. figure out how watch to do right it, with, yeah, you can watch right along with us. And it's not like an official music video or any or anything. Um, this is kind of like the damn it one for uh, Rust and Kelly. Like it's you know it's a a live uh, playthrough of it, I guess. And um, but sounds like so close to the track, it's unreal. So. Right. Um, very gifted and talented dude. So um, I'm excited for you to hear this one. All right. So in three, two, one, we're going to play it right now. Bam. Load up on guns. Bring your friends It's fun to lose And to pretend She's overboard And self-assured Oh no, I know A dirty word Hello, hello Little 
taste Oh yeah, I guess It makes me smile I find it hard It's hard to find Oh well, whatever Never mind Ooh, So like wow, haunting yeah. Like just the yes. way he ends it you know, yeah. like it, it's, it's, I love the ending of that because it's just like so abrupt, like you weren't expecting, expecting it, but the, his voice and the tone and everything, just as soon as it cuts out, it's just like, whoa, man, that makes me feel like kind of uneasy, but I love it. Yeah. You Cause know? I was, I, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. It feels kind of eerie yeah. and, and, uh, melodic. Like, yeah. 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 And I do love the fact that he took his time playing the song. He didn't rush it, yeah. you know, because then, because yeah. then the Nirvana is like all punk rock and gas right. and everything. But yeah, I do like slow versions also, and I do love the way he like singled out all instruments and and just put his yeah. acoustic touch to it. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did a great job. Well, let's put it to battle with the next one. Um, so the next one we got up is uh, Molly J. Uh, let's talk about her for a second. So Molly J is a singer-songwriter with a beautiful, intense, sultry sound. Her intimate and pure vocals are often paired with dark imagery. This alluring mixture has captured the hearts of many uh, since being part of a countless worldwide camp, uh, being part of countless worldwide campaigns for TV and film. Um, she has won a coveted Clio award for music featured in, uh, Hulu's the, uh, handmaid's tale. Um, Molly's music is also featured in Netflix's, uh, trending series, uh, night stalker, the hunt for a serial killer. Um, Fox's series, uh, Gotham, uh, Warner brothers, horror film lights out and, uh, Oscar winning documentary short, the white helmets among countless others. Excuse me. Uh, Malia plans to showcase more of her intense, uh, soulful sound in her upcoming debut, uh, debut EP, that is, uh, Reflection. So her cover of Smells Like Teen Spirit can be heard, as I mentioned before, in the opening title sequence of Marvel Studios' Black Widow movie, which we just saw. And I'm telling you, it is so fitting. Like, I wanted to play, like, the actual opening title sequence, but there's, like, for the podcast part, it wouldn't work too well just because there's, like kids like screaming and gunshots and things like that. And it probably just doesn't mix well. So right. uh, I encourage you to go like, you can watch the actual opening title sequence on YouTube right now. Um, I highly encourage everybody to go do that just because it is so fitting and cool. But um, yeah, we found just like a lyric video to play for you. So, um, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this, uh, this cover of it. This one is fantastic.
to watch that movie again and then over and over and over again and then watch it one more time well instead of watching the movie you can just listen to the song over and over again i guess i could but the, <laughs> telling you, the opening title sequence of that movie with set to that song oh that okay i get it yeah. so like if you don't know about like black widow and her backstory or anything like that um you know it her being a part of the the um the black widow like little small army or whatever, whatever you want to call it in the red room and like the manipulation and what they did to these girls that they were, you know, trying to make, turn them into these like assassins and then just the imagery and like, you know, oh, man, the whole thing was perfect. Like that. I was so like glued when we were watching it. I was just sitting there. I couldn't even eat the popcorn because I was watching the opening title sequence. I was so excited to finally be back in a, uh, a movie theater yeah. watching a Marvel movie, yeah. and just like I was like, this this cover is so freaking good. Mm-hmm. Everything about this is so perfect. Like I just, I love it. Uh, you did, man. I'm, I'm mm, I no. don't know. This is hard. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a strong yes for me, buddy. Um, okay, okay. Okay. So since you're a drummer, let, let, let me ask you this. Uh, yes. Did they use an actual drum for the? I mean, because you heard the like, it's like. Is that like a drum sound, like boom? 
it's like uh, or like did you use some kind of like probably just like um probably just some drum samples yeah okay um like i I wish i had it with me i don't i don't have mine but an electronic uh, electronic pad yeah excuse me that you just load drum samples on uh that either come from a pro you know several programs that you can download yeah uh i'm off of websites and stuff like that yeah you can definitely tell it's got like 808 bass drops in it and stuff like that because so, that um, sound right there just brought it up to the next cool. chilling factor, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's cool. It's like, oh, oh man! Oh my god! What the? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell did you... I do? Yeah, yeah, right. they, they, like, yeah. Like I've, I've, I've got the, the Widley Woos. Uh, right. Just listening to that, like yeah. it, it's amazing. Yeah. Widley Woos. <laughs> Widley Woos. I don't know where you come up with all this stuff, dude. But uh. Yeah. Hmm. Why don't we get your your opinion first, and then I'll go because I'm still leaning to I I I, yep. I I don't know this is hard, dude. So yeah, so difficult. all right, so kind of kind of similar to how I felt last week. Noah Gunderson, I think, uh, has a certain quality about his voice that you can almost feel the pain in his uh, his songs when he's singing. Like it's just it's not a very um, it's not a very powerful voice. It's just a like there's a lot of ache and and uh, anguish there, yeah. right? So the lyrics are kind of about angst and um, rebellion, and I felt like it. How's the what's the best way I can say this? Yeah, see, this is hard because it's like this is the tough, yeah. is the tough part, right? So it's kind of like another. It's almost like Noah Gunderson tapped into the other side of what these lyrics mean, um, and kind of apathetic, kind of depressed. Um, and the song sounds so much different from the original, but it's just so great. Uh, and it's, uh, it's very fitting for his style yeah. that, uh, in his normal songwriting abilities, being someone who has listened to a lot of his music, right? Molly J. I'm not as familiar with her. Um, I'm strictly basing this off the fact that I just recently watched black widow. And I thought the opening title sequence was amazing. Yeah. Now, she is very talented uh, <clears throat> with her um, her songwriting. That, like we mentioned earlier, all the shows that she's featured in. Yeah. Um, and um, it reminds me of the show that we're watching now called "Cruel Summer" on Hulu. That has a lot of it. You know, the show takes place in the '90s, and there's a lot of really cool covers of '90s songs um, featured in the show. Uh, it, Smashing Pumpkins, Green Day, uh, all kind of stuff. It, there's so. a song called "Cruel Cruel Summer Rain." Yeah. Um, and in fact, so, yeah, so the, it's not that. So there's a show called Cruel Summer, um, but it doesn't feature the song Cruel Summer. Now, the Molly J one that they were talking about for the Night Stalker, uh, the Netflix docuseries. Yeah. Her cover of the song Cruel Summer has been like the main title um, for that docuseries. So there's your connection there. <laughs> But um, it's, it's a little confusing. It's kind of like explaining the Marvel Cinematic Universe to people. Yeah. Um, Star Wars lore. So there's that. But uh, it's uh, yeah. I if I'm gonna pick one, and this is very tough. Yeah. I think I'm going with Noah Gun- Noah Gunderson. Yeah. I know that probably caught you off guard because I just talked up the <laughs> the Black Widow movie like crazy. No. But I I think comparing the two, I would go with that one. Just that ending, right? So this. Every song is about the ending. I've always been told ending of the song has to be everything if you want it to mean something, right? So even playing a song live, 
if you mess up at the beginning, who cares? If you mess up middle, halfway through, who cares? No one's going to remember that. If you mess up the end of the song, everybody remembers that. Yeah. So the way that he ended where it's just so abrupt, he doesn't even sing the last chorus. He ends on the third verse and so abruptly. Yes. yes. And it's just like he even stops playing guitar and it's just him singing that closing line. And just the abrupt ending is so haunting to me. And mm. I, I can't get over that. I, that's why I love his cover of that. Um, now, Molly J's, I love I love everything from the drums, like you mentioned. Um, and she kind of changes melodies on a few things here and there. Um, Noah Gunderson made it sound like a totally different song. Yeah. And while I'm not usually a huge fan of that, I think he did it perfectly for this. It's my opinion. Take that to the bank. And cash it with a chance. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. Okay. It's we like agree. everything you said was spot on to me, but you yeah. could tell like the sadness in his voice. You know, yeah. He was, I don't know if he was depressed when he recorded it, but it sounded like um, he was in some kind of world that we're not allowed to be in right now, you know? It's, 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 and, it's, it's, you know, we talk about that all the time, like music you can kind of like tell. relate to where you feel, yeah. you feel like, you know, you're in this mood. Um, that's one that I throw on if I'm ever in that kind of, that kind of mood. Right. It's just, it feels appropriate for how I'm feeling. Right. Yeah. So nothing, nothing so shit at, uh, at, uh, at Malaya, but there's, there's something extra that, that, um, that, that Gunderson really, that, that, he de- he delivered it a little bit so better dumb. than she did. Yeah, it seems like. Yeah. It sounded it, it sounded like he he was like shifting his voice too. With, yeah. With, oh, with and then Malia. he goes super high. Yeah, yeah. So he he shoots he shoots up there. Yeah. Super high. He hits that extremely high note out yeah. of nowhere, and it's not like it catches you off guard in the sense of like, oh, that sounded bad. It's just like. Uh, I wasn't expecting that. And for and someone it, whose voice is usually so calm. Right. When he's and that shows his feeling towards the song and, and what he can do with the yeah. song. Right? Yep. Um, Malia just uh, just kind of sung it like straight through and then up or down, yeah. you know, once then. Yeah. It's kind of hard. Yeah. To, yeah. It's kind of hard to do. Yeah, but I think Noah did wins this one. To, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to choose him yeah. on this one. So. Right. So, so, that, so there you have it. There you have it, y'all. Um, what yep. did what what did y'all think? Did you think that Malaya deserved to be to, to to win this one, or did you agree with us and say that Noah won this one? Um, Who knows? Yeah. So, um, what other versions do you yes. like that we could compare? I mean, it was th- this one. This song has been covered so many times. Kind of like, damn it, like this song yeah. has been covered so many times. It was hard to choose just two to battle it out. Right. Um. I guess one day we can do like these cover wars like part two on some episodes yeah. and, and talk about other ones. And then maybe we can have like a bracket going and then they just really duke it out. Um, but uh, yeah. we haven't crossed that bridge yet and yeah. we will. Um, and, fact, uh, and we'll figure it out. I think our, I, I think our mutual friend Jeff really wanted to really wanted us to do this one. Cause he texted me this morning about, Hey man, y'all should do smell like these. I was like, we're already on it, man. Already on it, Jeff. Wait, God, don't you man. worry. Yeah, so, uh, don't, you don't you worry. Yeah, that's right. So thanks for listening to the show today. Be sure to share this with your friends, family, grandma, grandparents, granddad, 
dogs, you know, they'll, they'll dog appreciate love. You hear yeah, my yeah. dog right now? She's yeah, barking. barking. Yeah, yeah. So, um, she can't. her little paws like to hit the subscribe button, which is what you all should do. Yes, subscribe. Yes. Her little tiny paw goes up here on her on her app, and she she just like that. Woof. Nice. Oh, listen. Turns on. And then uh, she subscribes on everything. There so. you go. And if she uh, will, she can write us a, a, a review, which is exactly what we wanted to do. Right. Yeah. So, or maybe she um, does, and they're just well hidden. Maybe. Maybe. So. Uh, so we're available on all podcast platforms, especially Apple Podcast. So mm-hmm. um, please be sure to leave a rating and a review if you'd like to see our podcast grow. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Uh, yes. There's many ways to do it. It's through Instagram at Windwardsville Podcast, mm-hmm. Facebook at WWFMS Podcast. We're on Twitter at MS, and you can email us at Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. And you can get a hold of us on our website too on winwordsfailmusicspeaks.com. Yes. Uh, you follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Blake underscore Mosley, M O S E L E Y. Um, and then uh, check out my YouTube, youtube.com slash Mosley, M O S E L E Y Y Y. Um, I am working on getting those drum videos better. There's like one more cable that I need to order. I found out this past Sunday. Um, to make the audio a little bit better and I'm uh, working on that. And nice. once we get it, uh, get that hurdle past us, then, um, my drum videos will be a lot better. There you go. There you go. So, but thanks for checking it out anyway. There we, yes. Yes. Uh, so, um, once again, thank you for, um, just taking your time out of your day to listen to us. We greatly appreciate it. Yeah. But, um, in all seriousness, you know, I always remember when words fail. Music speaks. Bye, guys. See ya.